The Score Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by The Score Bet. That's right. We brought you the best sports media app. Now we're bringing you the best sports book. The Score Bet offers a safe and secure mobile sports book experience with both pregame and in-play markets. But best of all, it's integrated into the score and our content to give you the easiest and most seamless sports betting experience. So take advantage of exciting promotions and odds boosts all season long. Download it now on iOS and Android. It's available in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, and New Jersey, 21 plus. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, contact 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. Visit thescore.bet for more details. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you tuning in today. We're recording a bit later than usual because we just had so much information pouring in, just tons of injury updates from Sunday's game. So we've got plenty to cover today. We're just trying to survive this 2021 fantasy season. It's It's been a grind, but it's also been a lot of fun just trying to react to all the crazy news and all the flurries of injuries that we've had happen really more weeks than not, it seems. So Today, before we get into the top waiver wire pickups that we'll talk about a little later, let's start with the injury roundup from Sunday, and we have to begin with Christian McCaffrey out for the season, just devastating, sprained his other ankle this time, did play a bit in the second half, didn't get any touches then, but Matt Rule came out after the game and said it was partially because the injury, partially because the score of the game, that that all kind of factored in, but CMC was seen in a boot after the game. And then we find out today that he's back on IR and out for the season. Just a crushing blow for CMC, crushing blow for his fantasy managers as well, who were obviously hoping to have him for the final stretch and into the fantasy playoffs. Myself included, I've talked on the show about how I went out and traded for him in a couple different leagues when he was injured, trying to get him back, thinking he could be healthy for the final month or so. Not the case. We're wishing him the best. Obviously, we want to see him get healthy. We want to see him back next season and be in what... Really, we know he can be, which is the best fantasy player out there. Ends up giving you kind of RB1 and wide receiver 2 production all at the same time from that one slot. So we want to see him back. We want to see him get through a full season, which hopefully we know running backs, they tend to break down. And this is now two seasons for him worth of injuries. But fingers crossed he'll enter next year 100% and ready to go. Won't have to deal with any issues like this along the way. But now we have to pivot and we have to decide who to pick up in that Panthers backfield. You got to remember they're on bye this week, so you're not going to have them in your lineup for week 13. But I don't think this is as cut and dry as it was earlier in the season when we saw Chuba Hubbard step up, really take on the majority of touches there. Even when that happened, as the weeks went by, some other guys got more involved. Well, more recently, we've seen Amir Abdullah serving as the complimentary back. I'd anticipate now that it's going to be more of a split between Hubbard and Abdullah, that Abdullah potentially could be the more valuable one because he's going to have the pass catching role. You have Cam Newton there stealing goal line touches. So that hurts both of them. I think we're looking at these guys as RB three flex kind of plays. I'm not overly excited about either of them. The Panthers have a really nice matchup after the bye. They'll go up against the Falcons. Then a really tough playoff schedule. They got to go up against the bills, the bucks and the saints, three solid run defenses. So You can roll with those guys as those RB3 flex plays in week 14 against Atlanta. 
you're probably not going to want to play anybody from this backfield during the fantasy playoffs now that CMC's out. So just bad news all around here for everybody. Dalvin Cook he suffered a dislocated shoulder against the 49ers and he fumbled on the play. He was like writhing in pain on the ground. Though, if you watch the replay, he did look up just to see where the ball ended up, which I kind of thought was funny. I didn't see anybody really talking about that, but it was kind of funny that even though he was in pain, he looked up and kind of looked to the left to see oh, who ended up with the ball. And then as soon as he realized, put his head back down, remembered how much pain he was in. Either way, he was hurt. I'm not suggesting he was faking or anything like that. He had to be carted off. He was playing with a torn labrum in the other shoulder. Now he's got a torn labrum in that shoulder as well. Still, they're not saying that it's season ending. In fact, quite the opposite. They're saying that he's probably going to miss a couple weeks here, and then they're going to try to rest him up and get him back for a playoff run. At least that's their current plan. So I hope that you've been holding on to Alexander Madison because he is about to be a huge factor in fantasy leagues over the next few weeks here. He's one of those backups that we know can just come in and give you RB1 fantasy stats right away. We've seen him do it plenty of times. He's not Dalvin Cook, but can he give you 80, 90% of Dalvin Cook? Yeah, he, he really can. And he's done it. Even in a couple of games this year that we saw him get 20 plus touches, he went off over 100 yards from scrimmage in those games. And on top of that, he gets the Lions this week. So just a huge spot for Madison. And in deeper leagues, Mike Zimmer mentioned that Kenny Nwangu will likely see more work with the offense moving forward. He's been a really explosive special teamer for them, a return man. We'll see him get a little more involved. Keep that in mind. But still, Madison is the big pickup. If he's still out there, you're emptying your fab money to get him on your roster. Just go and get him. I don't know why you weren't holding on. And we've talked about him so many times. Maybe I would say probably Tony Pollard is the best backup out there. And we might see Pollard actually get a little more work coming up. We'll talk about that in a second. But Madison's probably number two right near the top. And we're going to see him get a shot to put up some RB1 weeks over the next couple games the other big injury from week 12 Debo Samuel so he suffered a groin injury he was kind of emotional on the sidelines and this is one where we got an update from me and Rappaport that Samuel avoided a major injury it's not going to be season ending we do have to remember he dealt with groin issues earlier in the year he managed to play through those this time sounds like the 49ers are planning to sit him rap sheets report said that Samuel is expected to miss a little time so we'll see what that means. If he avoids IR, then it's likely going to be less than three games. We know if he hits IR, it has to be at least three games. In the meantime, Brandon Ayuk, who's really been coming on over the last month or so, Ayuk should see a nice uptick in targets here. He's already had 85 yards or more in three of his last four outings. So now he could just absolutely explode. George Kittle might get a bump. You know, Kittle's had a, he came off a down week in this one. It was a tough matchup with the Vikings. They're pretty good against tight ends. Kittle should have some better days. Well, Samuel's sidelined. Speaking of elite tight ends, we'll keep going on the injury front here. Don't forget about Darren Waller. So he's dealing with an IT band strain. And if you're wondering what that is, so am I. I'd never heard of this one before, but apparently it's a leg injury that causes some pain around the knee. Now, the good news here is that Waller played on Thanksgiving. He's going to have 10 days to recover before his next game. From what I've read about the injury, different analysts like Dr. Gene Bramble from Football Guys, He's saying that he thinks Waller's going to have a shot at playing in week 13. That's, this isn't one that should cost him too much time, if any time at all. So if you're worried, you could go out and get his backup, Foster Moreau. He's a guy that he's had some really good games when he's been given more volume, when he's gotten starts here and there. But right now, seems like Waller has a good chance to play this week. Miles Sanders. So the team decides to go run heavy after he gets hurt a few weeks ago. And then he's coming back. 
They're dominating on the ground. He's going to play in this game finally. Jordan Howard is going to be out with the knee sprain. We're all excited to see what Sanders can do. And he got off to a strong start. Nine carries, 64 yards in the game. Average 7.1 yards per carry. I know yards per carry isn't a great stat, but 7.1 yards per carry is telling you a little bit of something there. And Sanders then gets dinged up in the game, deals with an ankle injury. He played through it. It limited him a little bit. We'll see how he's feeling over the next couple days here. I know right before we started, Nick Sirianni suggested that maybe Sanders and Howard could get back this week. It's still early though, so we'll see what their practice participation looks like and we'll see how he's feeling over the next couple days because we know with these ankle issues, a day or two later, sometimes it could actually be worse, but there's a shot we'll have both those guys back out there. Now, the Eagles have a week 14 bye, so that could factor in if we get later in the week and either these guys aren't 100%, maybe the team's going to decide to hold them out, so we'll have to keep a close eye on that one. If one of them plays this week or both of them play, They'll be strong fantasy options because the way that they've been running the ball, if these guys can stay healthy for a full game, we're going to see them put up some good stats. If one of them is out, we'll have Boston Scott kind of move into that intriguing flex range. If they're both out, then Scott becomes a great play and you'd have Kenneth Gainwell as the flex option there. So really, it's just like musical chairs there. Who is actually going to get the volume in that Eagles backfield? Whoever it is. They're going to be able to produce, especially in that one. Also mentioned that Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, he did leave the game. He played through the ankle issue, came back. He was okay, not expecting to miss any time. Just something to be mindful of while we're talking about the Eagles and and injuries there. Teddy Bridgewater, so he hurt his shin, came back, finished the game. He was limping all over the place, but he did finish it out. I don't think he's going to miss any time, especially with how bad Drew Locke looked. I mean, the Broncos are going to try to do everything they can to prevent having to deal with a Drew Locke start there. So I think we'll see Teddy Bridgewater out there in week 13. Dan Arnold, the news isn't as good for him. The Jags tight end, who's really been a nice fantasy option this year since he joined Jacksonville. He's really come on, been a tight end, won a bunch of different weeks. He suffered an MCL sprain. He's going to miss four to six weeks, really the rest of the fantasy season. You can feel free to drop him at this point. And depending who's on your waiver wire, you might want to pick up his teammate, James O'Shaughnessy, who had some really nice games early in the year before he got hurt. And this was O'Shaughnessy's first game back. Turned out to be pretty good timing here. He's going to be a tight end too with some upside, a nice streaming option the rest of the way. Aaron Rodgers with the toe. His teammate Randall Cobb has a groin injury. So it sounded like Rodgers was going to undergo surgery on the toe now that they're heading into the bye week. Apparently he's decided against that. That's what we heard today. So he's going to take two weeks rest here. Over the bye, he's going to try to get healthy that way. Hopefully that's going to be enough time and he's not going to actually have to miss any games later in the season. And he's played pretty well with this toe issue, so I'm not overly worried about this one. I think I would have been more worried if he got surgery because then maybe the recovery wouldn't have gone as well and he would have needed to miss a game or so. Right now, I think he'll be out there in week 14 and I think we're going to continue to play him because he's had a couple big games recently, even dealing with that toe issue. As for Cobb, he's really not a fantasy play unless it's a situation where Some of the other Packers receivers are out like we saw a few weeks back, but he could miss some time with the groin issue. We'll see where he's at after the bye. And then don't forget a couple injuries from Thanksgiving that we need to keep monitoring. I kind of touched on it earlier when I said Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott with the knee issue. He keeps acting like he wants to play through it. The Cowboys are apparently considering giving him some time off to heal. So that would make Tony Pollard a potential RB1 for however long they decided to sit Zeke. But We'll see if that actually happens. That's one we're just going to keep monitoring. DeAndre Swift, this is another big one. He's been called day-to-day with the shoulder sprain, which kind of leaves us in limbo here. It's it's great news. It's not a serious injury, but 
We also don't know if this means he's going to be able to play in week 13 or if he's going to miss some time here. Dan Campbell's head coach said today that he really made it sound, the quote was kind of strange. I won't even repeat it here because it was kind of weird, but he made it sound like Swift potentially was going to be sidelined for this game against the Vikings. So pick up Jamal Williams, regardless whether Swift's going to play or not. Williams is one of those backs that you want to have him on your roster just in case you might actually get a start out of him this week. At least that's what it sounds like. If you take a look at that kind of weird jumbled quote from Dan Campbell. Um, and if, if that happens, if Swift's out, you're looking at Williams as an RB2 for fantasy. And then I always list the players who miss this game, but who either are likely to return this week or at least have a chance to return for the next game here. So Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Antonio Brown, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, the list goes on and on here. Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, Jordan Howard, who we just talked about. Justin Fields as well on the Bears. We could see all those guys back for week 13. We might see them still miss a game. Those are names that we definitely have to keep an eye on this week. And then we're still waiting for Will Fuller and Devontae Parker, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter as well. Still a week or more away for those guys. A lot of them are still on IR, so they can't return for another week or two anyway. But just names to keep in mind. You know, you might be waiting for them. Maybe they're on your roster. You're hoping you can get them back for the fantasy playoffs. We're to keep seeing if we get updates on them along the way and whether we can actually play them at some point later in the season or if it's just going to get stretched out. We're not going to be able to use them over the next month or so here. But that gets us to the waiver wire section. And I'm going to have that big waiver wire column up Monday night over at the score. Tons of players at every position you can take a look at. there, all broken down into categories. It just depends what you need. I'm trying to break it down to as specific as I can be for you in that one. Today on the show, we just look at the top waiver ads here. We will start with quarterbacks, and we got some news right before we came on here that I was really excited about. Taysom Hill, who I've talked about many times on the show this season after Jameis Winston went down, we thought Taysom might be the guy just 5% rostered at this point because they've been rolling with Trevor Simeon. But we got that report saying that the Saints are ready to make a QB change, that Taysom Hill's now getting the bulk of the first team reps at practice. So he's potentially going to get the start against the Cowboys. It's a short week here. Thursday night makes it tough on that Cowboys defense to kind of adjust. They don't have as much time to prepare for him. And it's a tough matchup. I mean, the Cowboys defense is pretty good, but we know that Taysom Hill has that rushing ability. He can put up QB one numbers, almost matchup proof, right? Like he can do it kind of against anyone. Now he's dealing with a plantar fascia injury in his foot. So that might slow him down a bit. We're going to have to make sure that he gets through the next couple of days of practice here healthy, but he's in play this week. Finally, we've been waiting to see him get out there. If you've been waiting as well, if you're one of those 5% that has him on your roster, be happy that you're going to get a shot to play him this week. If not, and if you need quarterback help, go out and get him for sure. Some other quarterback options here, Taylor Heineke, 36% rostered. He's playing the Seahawks on Monday night. So assuming he clears tonight's game healthy, He'll be a solid streaming option for week 13 in Las Vegas. Heineke, another guy that gives you some rushing stats, not as much as Taysom Hill, but gives you some rushing stats, which kind of raises his fantasy floor. Most of his bad games this year have come in pretty tough matchups. He's just coming off. It was a tough matchup against the Panthers in his last game in week 11, and he put up a three touchdown day in that one and had 20 something rushing yards. So we'll see what he can do against the Seahawks in primetime tonight. But as long as he doesn't get nicked up and there's no major injuries on that Washington offense, Heineke's going to be a streaming option for week 13. Tua Tagovailoa, 33% rostered. 
He'll face the Giants in week 13. And we've talked about Tua plenty on this show. He's playing well. He makes the odd really bad throw and they tend to end up in interceptions. But overall, he's been pretty strong this year and he's missing a lot of the weapons that he was supposed to have this season. Will Fuller, Devontae Parker. Now this Giants defense, I know they've tightened up a little bit lately, so the ceiling might be a little more limited, but two is still a decent fantasy option this week. And then we'll see if Justin Fields can get cleared and get back on the field. He's 21% rostered. We saw him start to hit his stride before the injury, right? Had two top 10 fantasy finishes right before he got hurt. So if he's back, he's somebody that should be rostered everywhere. Could be in for a shootout against the Cardinals. And we know with that rushing ability, he can get right up into those QB1 numbers pretty quickly for fantasy. It's really a pretty good week. I'm normally honest with you guys about quarterbacks. You know, even if it's a bad week, I still got to talk about some guys. This one, it's an okay week for streamers. There's a few more guys that I like, but I'll put them in the, the column and you can check them out there. We'll keep moving on to running backs. And this section is pretty easy because we kind of already touched on all these guys during the injury section a second ago. We talked about Alexander Madison. Now he's right at that cutoff line for the waiver wire column. He is right at 50% rostered, but I'm going to include him anyway needs to be 100% rostered at this point. And it really should have been closer to 100 all season long. Like I said earlier, he's just one of those guys that is a plug and play when the starter goes down. You know what he can do for you. And now that situation has actually happened where Cook's going to miss a little bit of time here. So based on what we're hearing, it's not going to keep Cook out for an extended period. But still, if you can get a couple top 12, top 15 performances from Madison, I'm totally going to pay up for that. I want to get him on my roster. Jamal Williams, 39% rostered. He'll be on the other side of the field from Madison this week. We don't know if it's going to be Williams or Swift, but like I alluded to earlier, based on what Dan Campbell was saying, made me think that it's going to be Williams here. Either way, let's get Williams on some rosters just in case. He'll be an RB2 if Swift misses time, like I mentioned earlier. Some other guys we need to talk about. So Dontrell Hilliard and Deonta Foreman. Now they're 29% rostered and 46% rostered respectively. Shockingly, both guys came through this week. Both topped 100 yards from scrimmage. They're heading into their bye, and we're assuming that Jeremy McNichols, the third back there, will return after the bye week. He's been out. He's been in concussion protocol. So we don't know how that's going to impact things. I don't think that Mike Vrabel is going to go away from what's been working, though, here. And Hilliard and Foreman, that duo was working. It could devolve into a three-man committee. Either way, I would put some lower bids on Hilliard and Foreman. They get the Jaguars after the bye. Nice little matchup there. Should be a run-heavy positive game script for Tennessee. And you might get them a little cheaper just because they're not available this week because they're on buy. So go try to get them on your roster if they're still out there. Matt Breda, 23% rostered. Somehow he's gone from the third running back in the Bills roster to the starter in just a matter of a couple weeks here. And I know Devin Singletary, if you look at the numbers, he had more snaps. He had more touches. A lot of that came late when the Bills were just clearly heading towards the win. Early in the game, Breda saw a lot of usage. He's given Buffalo that nice speed element, something that they've lacked a little bit. He totaled 55 yards from scrimmage, had a touchdown in that game. Zach Moss was inactive. I'm guessing he's going to be inactive again, at least until the wheels fall off the Breda train. So get Breda on your roster as an intriguing, maybe he sneaks into that low end RB2 range, but probably because they're going to use more backs because Josh Allen's there, I think he's still going to be an RB3 flex type play, which is kind of the range where I talked about the Panthers guys earlier. We mentioned Stash and Abdullah, Stash and Chuba Hubbard with them on by and now with McCaffrey out for the year. Just don't get your hopes up here. I'm worried that everyone's going to go crazy just because they see CMC out for the year. They see the opening, but I do think this is going to be a, a committee. So I think there might be a little bit of fool's gold happening there. 
especially with those tough matchups during the fantasy playoffs. So RB3 flex options for them, but not much more. And then also, even though what I said about Sanders and Howard maybe coming back, you want to go out and get Boston Scott. You want to go out and get Howard, who's now available in a ton of leagues. I think he got dropped because of the injury, and he's down to 16% rostered right now across fantasy leagues. If Sanders misses time, that could happen. We could see both Howard and Sanders out. Either way, I want to have one of those three backs. I want to take a shot on that Eagles backfield. The way that they've been running the ball, you want to have one of those backs in case you get the guy that kind of bubbles up to the top, kind of like Howard did a few weeks back where you didn't expect that Howard would get as much work as he did. And then he was performing and they started feeding him while Sanders was out. So if they're still available on your on your waiver wire, Scott, Howard, go and get them. I'd also like to say I'm I'm interested in what DJ Dallas is going to do tonight for the Seahawks. And I know it's another tough one to comment on because the game hasn't happened yet and he could go out and get hurt or he could go out and fall on his face in that game. But looking at that backfield, Alex Collins been a little banged up for a few weeks now. I know he's not in the injury report, but he's still been working through some stuff. He'll get the start. But with Rashad Penny out, with Travis Homer out, DJ Dallas has looked pretty good with his touches recently. He should get the bulk of the targets out of the backfield. He's going to be used. They haven't really shown any interest in giving Collins the receiving work there. So you figure that Dallas will pick that up this week. Could be a sneaky guy to grab off the waiver wire. We'll see what happens tonight, though. If he has a big game, then maybe it won't be so sneaky. That's it for running backs, though. Let's keep moving here. We'll go to receivers. Van Jefferson comes in just under the 50% mark that we use as the cutoff in the waiver wire article. He's at 49% rostered. And I'm actually surprised that he's still available in that many leagues. He's become a full-time player over the last five or six weeks here, seeing a solid target share, at least six looks in every game. And it was just one game where it was six. I think there was three where it was seven this week, even more than that coming off his best game of the year here, 93 yards, one touchdown going up against the Packers this week. So I don't see any reason why Jefferson should be out there. I think you could pick him up and put him right into your lineup. I don't think it's crazy to say that he's going to outproduce Odell Beckham the rest of the season. I think that's definitely within his range of outcomes. So Jefferson needs to be rostered everywhere. Josh Reynolds on the Lions. He's only 1% rostered, but I had him in the start sit stash quick column last week. I had him listed as a stash. Wondered if he could become their best fantasy wideout. If Thanksgiving was any indication, he's definitely got a shot here. He finished with 70 yards and a touchdown. And yes, most of that came on one big play, but it's still a great sign that in this offense that's really struggled to move the ball downfield, he's been able to produce, at least in this one game. Plus, he's got some chemistry with Jared Goff going back to their time together with the Rams. So you want to keep your expectations in check because, yes, this is a Lions receiver after all. But don't be surprised if Reynolds turns into a decent flex option down the stretch. And we know he's got some ability around the red zone. So the touchdowns could continue there if they can get into scoring position, which is a whole bigger problem for the Lions at this point. Kendrick Bourne on the Patriots, he's 23% rostered. He's only playing around 50% of the snaps for New England, but he's got three touchdowns in his last three games, has stat lines of four for 98 and one, four for 42, and most recently, five for 61 and two in that game against the Titans on Sunday. He's clearly passed his teammate Nelson Aguilar in terms of production. Still risky just because they're going to spread the ball around, but most of the receivers we're going to mention here on this waiver wire list after Van Jefferson most of them are going to be kind of risky. So Bourne's turning into a flex option for fantasy. Russell Gage on the Falcons, 17% rostered, put together decent stat lines in three of his last four outings. He's someone to consider as a flex. And 
there's a bunch of guys that you can kind of throw in that range. T.Y. Hilton, who always lights up the Texans, he gets them in week 13. Deshaun Jackson, who has the revenge game against Washington. He's got a lot of revenge games these days, but another revenge game here against Washington. His role has been grown against the Raiders. We saw what he could do on Thanksgiving in that offense. Doesn't take many plays. One big catch and could make a whole fantasy day for him. A.J. Green with Kyler Murray set to be back. We should see that Cardinals passing attack get back up to speed. Just a bunch of good pickups. If you're looking for that fill-in type guy, those flex kind of options, lots of guys you could grab off the waiver wire. Almost done here, though. We'll go to tight end. I'm sticking with Cole Komet. Just 24% rostered. I've written him up a few times this year. Hasn't found the end zone this season, which really hurts his fantasy numbers, but has at least 43 yards in four of his last six games. Saw season-high 11 targets in Week 12. He is a real part of this passing attack. He is not going away. There's still going to be some down games, especially if Allen Robinson comes back from the hamstring issue. He'll take a few targets away, obviously. But Komet is in that mid to high end tight end two area for fantasy. So if you're searching for that bye week fill and if you've been struggling at the position, Komet is the best ad right now, likely in your league. James O'Shaughnessy on the Jags. We mentioned him earlier with the Dan Arnold injury. And then other than that, it's just the usual group of you know tight end twos. They're tough to rank every week. Jared Cook. Evan Ingram, Tyler Conklin, Gerald Everett, who's playing on Monday night, just dart throws, all of them. They're really just dart throws. If you're at that point with tight end, I just wish you good luck. You just got to take your chance on one of them. Not going to see big volume, so you're kind of just hoping for a touchdown for the most part from those guys. And then keep Foster Moreau in mind, just in case Darren Waller can't play in week 13. Moreau would be right up there, probably in my top 15, maybe in the low end tight end one ranks. We'll finish off with some streaming defenses here. The Vikings get the honor facing the Lions this week. And like we said a couple times now, the Lions might be without DeAndre Swift. So that would make that matchup even tastier for them. Vikings are only 17% rostered. So for sure, they're a great pickup this week. The Chiefs defense really flipped a switch over the last month or so here. They're 26% rostered. They're coming off the bye. So that's probably why it's so low, but they're going to go up against the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater banged up. That Broncos offense might struggle to move the ball in Kansas City. I like the Chiefs defense there and maybe moving forward as well. The Dolphins, they've been really up and down lately, but they're coming off a huge performance against the Panthers. That's three really monster defensive performances fantasy-wise in their last four games here. So you really like that, especially when they're going up against Daniel Jones and the Giants should be a bunch of turnovers there. Dolphins are available in 57% of leagues right now. And the Giants on the other side, they've come together on the defensive side of the ball quite a bit recently. Not a bad option against the Dolphins, and they're only 2% rostered. So if you're really desperate, if a lot of people are stashing defenses as we get closer to the fantasy playoffs, the Giants could be an option. You could also consider the Raiders, too. They're playing against Washington this week. I still say that the Raiders' defense has just been massively underrated this year. They've added a lot of talent on that side of the ball. I think it shows. I don't think people are giving them the credit they deserve. I think that defense is going to do just fine against Washington in week 13. But that's all for today's show. Make sure you check out the full waiver wire column Monday night over at the score. I'll be back on Wednesday with the week 13 preview episode. But until then, big thanks again to Aaron Rodgers for just gutting it out on that injured toe, putting up another big fantasy game. Helped me eke out a win with one team where I had CMC got hurt and Godwin and Kittle just weirdly combined for three and a half fantasy points between the two of them. Just a brutal showing. Rogers got me through, fortunately, in that one. So big thanks to him. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time. 
my baby said leave on time leave on time with me tonight I said leave on time